Today's word comes from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 4a. And the second part comes from John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is the word of the Lord. We have had two big messages on creation, maybe a bit too big. And um, so today, let's not be quite as big, and I'll try to be a little bit more constrained <laughs> in terms of uh, like what we're going to say. Um, in so many ways, though, the first two messages were preparation for today's message. And so that, that content is tremendously important. And hope today, when I preach what I'm preaching today, you could feel the weight of its importance and kind of why I kind of took the pathway I did to get to today's message, the God of light, creation part three, okay? So let's get into it, part one. The goodness of light in the darkness. That's part one. The goodness of light in the darkness. Part two, living like moles. I know that sounds strange. Living like moles. And part three, the light of the word overcoming darkness. The light of the word, the word made flesh who overcomes darkness. Okay, so let's go to part one, the goodness of light in the darkness. Um, verse three of Genesis chapter one. Uh, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. You, if you grew up in the church, you know this verse. It sounds so simple, but have you ever really thought about its significance? And then it says this next thing. Verse 4, this is the beginning, and we're just going to stop here. And God saw that the light was good. This is, this is the first time it's said in the Bible that God creates, and then he goes, this is good. You know, all that stuff, the earth was without form and was void. The darkness was over the deep. All that. It's, 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 there's no good yet. There's nothing where God says, this is good. This is the first thing that God says, let there be light. And I, and I spent a lot of time last week saying it has to come by what his words say. It's word that creates world, not stuff that creates world. And the first thing that's good is there's this light that is good. Okay. Now, when I was growing up, 
I, I just read right through this thing. I read, I read this. I have read Genesis 1, I don't even know, umpteen number of times as a Christian, as a boy, and then as, again as a pastor. And I never stopped to think about this. It's just, just right through. But now that we live in this time when I think um, we need light, when we, it is very dark, this verse actually really stands out to me. Let there be light. And God's, it's good. Now, just, just, let's just talk a little about this. Um, you ever been someplace, it's really, really dark? I'm not talking about your closet in your house. Um, years ago, I went on a trip. I, I think I was like in college or something like this. And um, I went to Korea. And my aunt in Korea took me to this cave, right? There's a tourist place, there's a cave. And when you, as a tourist, go into this cave, you go really, really deep. And then you get to a place, and they actually let it get dark without all the artificial lights that help you to kind of wind your way down there. And it was so dark that I, when I did this. <laughs> and I was like, I can't see anything. That's crazy. And I realized, if you were down here, there is no light, and there is no possibility of light. And if we lived down here, we would bump around, and it would really hurt. It'd be really hard. So something that is completely obvious, if there's even just a tiny, just a tiny, tiny little bit of light. So if somebody put up on a little candle and put it way over there, just like, what's that was even far away? Put a little light, a little candle, and then put a little candle over here. All of a sudden, this I can't even see. A hand in front of my face immediately something that is obvious would become obvious. You get what I'm saying? If it's dark, the thing that is obvious is no longer obvious. <laughs> it's something that everybody should get. If there's just a little bit of light, you're like, can't you see the hand in front of your face? That's a, that's a phrase we use in English, right? Can't you see the hand in front of your face? You're like, and you can't. <laughs> so, I just want to start right here. If there's just even a little bit of light, just a little bit. We're not even talking about some great, you know, bulb that like, you know, LED lamp that lights up the room. We are talking about a tiny, tiny little candle. It will change everything. Um, I want to just say one more thing before I, 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 I go to part two. It says, let there be light. Um, where does this light come from? in the passage. And I just want to put this little seed in your mind. There aren't any stars yet. Did he say, hey, stars, provide light? <laughs> That's not what God said. He just said, let there be light. So I'll get into this stuff about the days and the, and, and the order of creation, but I just want to put this little seed into your mind. There are no stars yet. We immediately always think in terms of natural light, physical light. Maybe that's not what this is talking about. You ever think about that? I have always, all my life, assumed that this verse is talking about natural light. You know, this is this photons and all that stuff that we know that we call light. Maybe that's not the light God is talking about. Hmm? That's the thing I want you to, I want to put that into your seat, into your mind. So the goodness of light, how desperately we need light, and that's the first good that God gives, all right? That's part one. Let's go to part two. Living like moles. 
Okay, so let's go to the next slide. This is what they look like. This is what they look like, okay? So I was thinking about this illustration of how I could try to make this come to life, and I was like, there, isn't there some animal out there, and they live in the cave. They live way, way down there, and they are always in the dark. And I was like, moles are like that. Just to double check, I looked at Wikipedia to make sure I'm not giving you false science, okay? And so that is apparently true. I, I was curious as to know what they look like. They look like this. They're somewhere between really cute and really creepy. You notice little, the, the claws, things. And you notice that an animal that lives in the dark all the time barely has eyes. Take a look. You notice that? Barely has eyes. So, so let me just do this. Now, imagine if you can go into the world of the moles, OK? You go into the ground, it's dark. And imagine if you could hear them talking. You're just going there, and you're over listening to them. Let's, let's, you know, I, I know I'm asking you to think a little bit here. So imagine you're in the world of the land of the moles. And the world of the moles, they, you can actually hear them talking. You can't see much, because it's pretty dark, right? And, and, um, and then what if one of the moles somehow went above ground and then experienced light? He's like, mercy, just be like, oh, what is this? It might actually kind of hurt or be shocking. And he could see the world in light. Things that are completely obvious to you and me, he'd never seen. So he sees this world and he sees it's tremendously beautiful and glorious and so much more and nothing like the world that he's experienced of his world all the time. So then he goes back down to the mole world, the dark world, and then he starts saying, yo, I went up there. I went above. And there was light. I, I, I don't even know what to call it. I, I'll call it light. And you could see. And it was crazy. It was so beautiful. OK? We should go up there. Come, come with me. Let's go up there. Right? So what if he says that? And then some of the people listen, some of the other, OK, not the people, the moles start to listen. And they go, oh, whoa, 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 crazy dude. And they are interested. And um, they are very curious. But most of them are like, do you think they would be thinking, have they, like, I, I'm interested, let's go. Do you think that would be the reaction? If the one mole came back with that report that there's this world above with light, do you think that would be the reaction? What do you think the other moles would think and say to the mole that had seen the other world? What, what do you think the moles would, that those moles would say? Right? Now, we don't know because we don't know how moles think or talk. If they talk, OK, they probably don't talk, OK? But let's just imagine if they were anything like us. All right. I don't think that would be a welcome message. The other moles would probably say something like this. You're stupid. <laughs> You're stupid, dude. Right? You're making that stuff up. Right? 
it's a fairy tale. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen it. I've never experienced it. And nobody else I know has ever experienced it. You're the only one. You're nuts, right? And so we don't actually need this light stuff. We don't need it. We are sufficient with our world down here. We built this world. Is this all we really need? We know how to live down here. And so, so I don't even know what you're talking about when you're talking about this light business. And only weak moles like you need a fairy tale about light. That's what I think the other moles would say. Don't you? Don't you think that's what they'd say? I think that's what they'd say. And um, you know I'm not talking about moles. I'm talking about us. If we do not live in creation, we're living in a dark world without light. I said to you last week that the Bible said, God said, then there's light. And that light is good. So God's word has to go forth, and then there's light. Word that gives light, not photons that give light. Okay? Word that gives light, and now there's goodness. There hasn't been goodness yet, and now there's goodness. But what if you are a mole? You think the light is fake. So we, that's the world we live in now. I think we live in something like a cave. And um, it's such darkness that, that, that we're skeptical of the light. And then these rumors go about that there's this thing called light. And these strange moles gather together in these weird places where they like to talk about the rumor. And even half of the moles that gather in the place where they like to talk about the rumor of light, half of the ones who are inside of those places, called church, even half the ones that are inside the best aren't even sure they believe it. That's kind of the world we live in today. And all the rest of the people think, those moles, they're weak. And they believe in a fairy tale called light. That's why we don't need light. We don't need church. Even the moles that are in church aren't sure if they need to go to church. Not even every week anyway, right? And that's the world we're living in today. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not being judgmental. I love you all, so don't think any of you, like I'm trying to say anything mean about you. Don't, 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 don't think that. Don't think that. Please, please, please don't, right? You know I'm just describing, right? Isn't this the world we know, right? Now, I'm not making this up. Do you know the Bible even says this? So let me take you to another place in the Bible. It isn't one of these passages, but it's a very, very relevant place in the Bible. So it goes like this. This is from John chapter 3, verse 19. And most of you, if you grew up in the church and you believe, you've probably heard of John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world, God gave his only son. Whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. It's probably maybe the most famous verse in the whole Bible, and it should be. It's one of the most clear expressions of the gospel. But just three verses later, it goes like this. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. The light has come into the world. And people love the darkness 
rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. You know who said these words? Guess who said these words? You might have heard of him. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said these words. Right? And so this is the reality of the world we live in. This is when Jesus looks at the world, he says, people don't like the light. They actually like the, they like the darkness because there's a lot of wicked deeds. A lot of wicked. And I don't even think he means things like stealing or raping or, or lying. I don't even think he even just means things like that. I think he means things like, hey, you're dumb. There's no light. <laughs> That's a fairy tale. They want to believe in the darkness, so they say evil things. <laughs> so that's, those are part of the evil deeds of the people who are like the darkness. So they say evil things. And they say those evil things because they like the darkness. And so we experience that in our culture, and maybe you, you have even said those things or thought those things, and we, because we are creatures of the dark. <laughs> but when you like. Now, let's, um, let me shift gears here a bit. There is a word that describes um, what the mole world is like, which is another way to say what our world is like, right? It's a word, I didn't make up this word. Philosophers and theologians came with this word, and that word is naturalism, okay? That's the word. That word is naturalism. What is naturalism? It is this. Naturalism means nature is everything. <laughs> nature is everything. There is nothing above or beyond nature. Do you see there's no other world above there? <laughs> There's nothing above or beyond nature. Everything is nature. And above or beyond in Latin is super. That's the word. There is no super nature. That's what, we, what naturalism means. We live in the world that believes in naturalism. Naturalism is mole land, guys. <laughs> if you believe in naturalism and if your heart habit and thoughts and attitudes are all completely conditioned by naturalism. There is no super above or beyond nature. See, there's no, there's no police up there. See, that's just exactly like I have a most thought. Hey, you're crazy, man. There's nothing up there. <laughs> there's no, nothing above or beyond this, right? Then, you know, you only live in, nat in nature and naturalism, and it's a cage. It's like a trap. This is it. This is all there is. But let me just say a little something about just something completely, it should be so obvious, but inside of the mole land, it is no longer obvious. Do you know in the history of all of human history and all around the world, they do not believe in mole land. <laughs> they all believe that there is nature and supernature. It's completely normal. You go to another place in the world, they believe that there's nature, this stuff that, you know, the things that we know, Right? 
nature, and then there's something above it, <laughs> something above and beyond. So the, the normal human mind believes in nature plus supernature, that's reality. There's someone or something or whatever, okay? Like I told you last week, you know, some of the Eastern folks are like, we don't know if it's a person, so we don't have a name called God and call, him, call out to him because we don't pray to yin and yang. <laughs> we don't pray to yin and yang, right? The, the Hindus call it Brahma, but they don't actually pray to Brahma. It's sort of like the force, the ultimate God that holds all things together. Again, it's above nature, super nature. But in mole land, we think nature's everything, okay? And that is very, very dark. This is why we're not even, we haven't even passed the fourth verse of the Bible. And I hope you can feel this is so important for our times and where we are. I want to, um, uh, let me unpack something about um, how, how moles think. So I want to talk about the foundation of words. Have you ever think about words? I mean, we just use words, 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 words. We read them, we write them. They show up on the internet, they're on our phones. But have you ever thought about the foundation of words? Where the word comes from? What is underlying it? Okay, is that thing underlying it? The source and foundation of the word, where does it come from? Okay, so have you ever thought about that question? And so I want to just give you the foundation of words, or the way I would put it is how moles talk and think. How moles talk and think. So let me see. There's a verse, and let's go back a verse. Verse 2, or two verses back, actually. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, and it goes like this. The earth was without form and void. Without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. Let's just stop right there. I told you there's no, it, goodness hasn't happened yet. There's this thing called earth, but it's without form and void. And um, there's a lot of things that until there's light in our culture today, there's words that are breaking apart, that are without form and void. And that's how moles talk, right? So let me try to give you an example, all right? Let me try to give you an example. Um, so there's some words. It's, it's of this world. It's from the mole world. And, and uh, the foundation of, the wor of this word is from this world. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. OK? It's fine. So a lot of words we use, some of our words we use, it's from mole land. The foundation's from mole land. And it's not even bad. It's just good. So let me just give you an example. Like this thing is called a what? iPad. Right? So that's a word. That's a word from mole land <laughs> that's perfectly fine. It's like, well, what is iPad? It's, it's from our land. We know what it means. Something about a computer. You could do stuff with it. Okay, whatever. Okay? So it's, 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 a, it's a mole word from mole wor land, and it's fine. Its foundations are from this world. Okay? So, but there are some words whose foundation and source is from the other world. <laughs> There are some words that source, whose foundation and source has to come from super nature, the above and beyond nature, 
not inside of nature. And inside of nature, you know, we always just think, the moles think, hey, we know everything about nature. We have something called science. <laughs> so we've become experts on nature. And so since we know everything about nature, we know how to use all our words. But what if the word isn't actually from nature? What if the word is from above? So that's a problem. <laughs> but if people actually hear the word from God, God says the word, and then there's light because it came from above, then it sheds light, and we get the goodness of it. <laughs> but if we break that, and we start to come up with some other use of that word, and we give it a mole foundation and definition, it starts to hurt us. <laughs> now, let me give you an example. This is not easy. And when I say this is not easy, you'll understand what I mean when I give you this example. Um, here's the word that I, there's a lot of words like this now. So I could, I, I could have picked plenty, okay? But I'll just give you this one. That word that is without form and, without form and void. There are a lot of words today that are becoming without form and void. Because <laughs> inside of the nature, it's all of nature, because that word actually came from somewhere else, that word is becoming broken up and it's, it lacks the light that gives it its goodness. So something that should be completely obvious to us when you have light, now because we are in the mole land and it's dark, that word is becoming messed up <laughs> and it's harming us, okay? The word I'm thinking about is woman. How about that word? Um, I don't know if you know this, but we have a new Supreme Court justice, right? Her name is Katanji Jackson, brilliant woman. Okay? And she went on, you know, Senate, you know, Senate uh, hearings because all Supreme Court, you know, nominees have to go through that process. And there was this crazy moment. And someone asked about her views on gender. And then there was this really basic question. You know, Judge Jackson, what is a woman? And she didn't have an answer. Look it up. I'm not making this up. I'm not talking about some strange thing that's happening. The Christians are talking about this thing inside their church. We're talking about our Supreme Court. <laughs> the people who adjudicate the laws of our nation, the highest laws of our nation, they will say this is the Constitution or not. Tremendous power and authority. And yet the word woman is a problem. <laughs> when I grew up, I lived in um, Christianized America. And people regularly looked at the world and experienced the world through the light of the Bible, what God said. And that light made everything obvious. <laughs> you met a woman, and then you met a man, and you're like, whoa, they're different. And men have certain glories, and women have certain glories, and men have certain weaknesses, and women have certain weaknesses. Let's respect, let's be mindful. The sensible people understand that was obvious reality. And so when you 
had a question when you apply to college, like my daughter applied to college. You know, when I applied to college in 1988, you know, you had this question. Are you an M or are you an F? There were only two. Check the M box. Today, on the common application to colleges, there's more, more than two boxes. <laughs> and you know this is a thing going on. You know what that means? Woman is without form and void in mole land. <laughs> and there are a lot of young women who don't know they're women, and they're paying for it. And there are a lot of young women who think they're women, but they're afraid to become a woman. They're not sure what it means to become a woman, particularly when they get toward puberty. That's something that is going on in mole land, guys. It's an absolutely devastating thing I've learned. And um, I think about this all the time when I talk to my daughter and about her, and about her friends and about school. It's mole land. And it is not good. It is not good. Okay. Let's talk about something good. Okay. Thankfully, the Lord has said more things. And let's go to part three. The light of the word overcoming darkness. Man, it's pretty dark, isn't it? This is the time we're living in. It's mole land time is... I mean, the stuff I said to you, it's hard for me to say it to you because it's just painful just to say it and to hear it. But it's painful because it's that dark and that real. But let's hear from the God who says things and then good, good, light. So I said to you last week that John chapter 1 is a retelling of Genesis chapter 1. John chapter 1 is telling you creation all over again. So let's go to verse 3, okay? All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Let's just, just quickly, the him is the word, the word that was with God, the word that is God. So it's really weird we have this thing called word, and we consider it conceptual or something, but in, in the Bible, the word is a person who is with God and is God. And then it's clear, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. If you are Hebrew and Jewish, that is a definition for God the creator. Okay? Not anything was made, apart from him, was not anything made. So that claim is the word that was with God, that is God, he's creator, he's God. Okay? And that word we know is who is Jesus. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light. Here we go. The light of men. Genesis chapter 1, verse 4. Let there be light, and it's good. John chapter 1, verse 4, in him was life. The life was the light. Not of moles, but of men. We think we're men, human beings, okay, women too, of course, but we treat ourselves like moles. And we think that's actually the good way to go. It's the educated way. 
Nowadays, for about 20-something years now, I was like, educated. Whenever I hear, this person's educated, I always go, oh, you mean brainwashed? That's what I think. The higher the university you went to, the more prestigious. If you went to a university that's ranked higher and higher on US News and World Report, I assure you, you're brainwashed. <laughs> and I, I tell that to you because I, I, I went to those schools. <laughs> okay, so I am the, the madman mole that came back and said, it's brain where we've been brainwashed by the other moles, guys. <laughs> Our best and smartest moles brainwashed us, dudes. <laughs> so I'm the madman dumb mole that you paid for your pastor, OK? <laughs> Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Revive church, will you believe that, please? If you're not sure, let's get to the place where we'll be sure. Not just as like, OK, I've got the bi right Bible answer because I got the right Bible answer since third grade, but let's be adults. Mighty men and women of God made in his image. And we know there is a light in the world, in the life of Jesus, and no darkness can overcome it. I want to close this message um, by telling you a story. I'll just tell you a little bit about kind of how I operate sometimes as a pastor. You know, every, we get to the third part of the message, and I always want to give you the good news. Sometimes I give you the gospel earlier in the message. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Sometimes it's in part one. Sometimes it's in part two. And then, but almost always want to get it to it in part three. And sometimes what I do is I don't exactly tell you the gospel from the Bible. What I do is I do a show, not tell. I show you the claim of the Bible instead of just tell, showing, pointing to the words. I just pointed to the words. In his life, the life of Jesus is the light of all human beings. And no darkness will ever overcome that light. Okay? Let me tell you this story. It's a show, not tell. And we'll close up today, okay? Um, during the pandemic, I stumbled on um, a testimony on YouTube. I'll give you the link. You should all watch it, okay? What I want to do is I want to just give you some of the highlights today. And that testimony is by a guy named David Wood. Young man, he's a big dude. He's <laughs> a big guy. He talks with remarkable conviction and power. And um, David Wood, it's a strange, the way it starts is strange. He starts going down into the New York City subway, and he actually says something like this. I actually forgot that he said all this. So... You know, but I was like, well, that's really very helpful for my sermon. He says, imagine the world is underground. It's all made of concrete and steel. And suppose there were people who lived down here all their lives and were never allowed to visit the surface. So he's going down. You know, that's the video. The first thing you're going to go down, see him go down this escalator into New York City subway. And he says, and they were told from birth that this is all that the, this is. The, this is the whole world. Wouldn't they believe what they were told? Wouldn't they try to live like it's true? But then suddenly a madman stumbles down the stairs and says to people living here, don't you realize that you're underground? Do you know that there's an amazing world up there, up those stairs? And this is what he says, which really gets to me. A tomb, no matter how spacious, is still just a tomb. And you know what a tomb is. 
That's the place where dead people are. This is a little bit of a story. Um, David Wood grew up seemingly in a, in a nice family. I mean, he's Caucasian. Seems like he grew up in a nice middle-class family. Um, I think today the, the, the therapists and the, 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 you know, the psychologists would say he has antisocial personality disorder. For those of you who never heard that, antisocial personality, the more common phrase is sociopath. <laughs> so something about him, the way he was born, Something's messed up up here. He's a sociopath. He's an atheist. He actually, it takes you a little while before he tells you, oh, by the way, did I tell you I was an atheist? I'm an atheist? And he tells you about all the things that he believed, you know, when he was an atheist. And he talks about strange things that he experienced when he was a little boy. Things like, um, one day his dog died, and his mother cried. And he thought that was really weird. <laughs> he said, it's just a dog. <laughs> and dogs die. So what's the big deal? Right? And a little while later, his best friend in elementary school, he died. Other people cried, including his mother. But he didn't. And again, he thought, that's really weird. People die, whatever. I don't know why, if you cry, it's not going to make it any different. He's not going to come back. So why are we crying? But now he began to actually think, maybe I should feel bad. And he started wondering. He started thinking a little bit more about reality and who he is. And actually, the conclusion is he started following Jesus. No, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> he actually started concluding that, um, I won't go into all the details, but the world is run by ants, and they're like greater than us. The reason I'm different than everybody else is because I'm, I'm new. I've evolved to a, a better version of humanity. And all these stupid people, they have these useless feelings, and I'm better than them. That's where he went. And when he got to college, well, he started to um, learn how to make bombs. And when he got to college, he said, that seemed rather amateurish. So let's study chemistry so we could build something better. By better, that means he meant more deadly. And he said, you know, I could just kill a bunch of strangers, but we should start a little closer to home. And so he had this ball-ping hammer. And on Thanksgiving Day, he took it to his dad's head and bashed his head and tried to murder his dad. Tried to murder his dad. He said, Bert, because I didn't even know how the blood could spurt like that. And he just started violently hitting. I mean, he's a big dude. <laughs> as hard as he could until he thought his dad was dead. And then he left the house. Hmm. Um, turned out he was wrong. He didn't actually murder his dad. His dad somehow survived. He did receive some brain damage. And then they found him and arrested him. And they put him into a mental asylum. And then he went into prison. In prison, he met this guy named Randy. And Randy was a Christian. Randy had committed like 21 felonies. And then he became a Christian. 
And then after he became a Christian, he turned himself in, and then he went to prison. David Wood thought that Randy was an idiot. <laughs> but Randy was strange, because a fight would break out in prison, and everybody would get excited, and Randy would act completely different. He would turn away and pray that the fight would end. He said, this is the only real entertainment we have in prison, and Randy's stupid. He didn't even pay attention. He's like, he prays it'll end. Prays to, uh, you know, that God doesn't exist, doesn't end. And Randy sitting around reading the Bible. So it seems like they were roommates. And so um, he told Randy, the only reason you read that Bible and believe in it is because you grew up in America, and you just believe in what you were told. If you grew up in Saudi Arabia, you'd be a Muslim. If you grew up, you know, like maybe in Thailand, you'd be a Buddhist. And he's like, hey, but he never thought that maybe, maybe there's more to it than that. And he said that he used to say that to Christians, so like, you know, he liked breaking apart Christians, and almost never that the Christians would argue back because they didn't want to make a scene, so they didn't argue back. He said, but Randy was strange. He fought back. <laughs> he argued back. And Randy had this very, very annoying habit of asking me questions that, that would beat me. <laughs> and so it became his, you know, he's in prison. He has one goal, which is to beat Randy. And so he decided to study the Bible. <laughs> this is the church here. So there, there's prison Bible materials, and he would do these things, and then he'd get like, you know, 100% A's on these things. So he could study the Bible to defeat Randy and break up his theology. And they actually became friends. They would like talk all the time and debate the Bible. And uh, they, would, they would throw a toilet paper roll back and forth like a football, and they became friends. But, and then Randy would fast, and he decided that if Randy fasts seven days, I'm going to fast nine. If he's going to fast 20, I'll fast 22 days. And then one day Randy tried to fast 40 days. And then... Like on the 11th day when he was on his way to like beat Randy, he collapsed. And the officials inside the prison thought he was trying to commit suicide. <laughs> so they took him out there and they you know, basically you know, put him somewhere else in a, in a mental institution. And he had nothing to do but to think about this all the time. And he said he got three realizations during that time. Number one, he was staring at a brick wall. And he came to this realization. You know, if somebody told me that this wall just kind of just happened by accident, like evolved into place, without any intelligence, I would know for sure they were stupid. <laughs> but there's a cell in our body, even the simplest cell, it's infinitely more complex than this brick wall. And so for the first time, he realized our cells and who we are must have come from an intelligence. He didn't know that there's a name for this. It's called the design argument for the existence of God. When I was a teenager, the design argument kept me from atheism. <laughs> okay? So that's the first thing. And you know what's happening when he gets that realization while he's staring? He's staring at a wall in a mess of superstition. You know what's happening in his mind? Light. Goodness is coming into his mind. Second thing came into his mind. 
all the disciples who followed Jesus, almost all of them, they all died for the claim he was resurrected. He thought the reason they said he was resurrected is so that they can come up with the fake religion and go around, and he realized, wait a second, if a terrorist blows himself up, you know he really believes what he's saying. And we're not just talking about some weird, crazy people who uh, just came up with the religion. These people knew this man. That made him realize maybe, actually, the evidence for the resurrection is very, very serious business. That was the second piece of light that came to his mind. And the third one was hard. He thought he was the best person. <laughs> I'm better than everybody else. But now he's going, wait a second, the world may have had purpose from an intelligence that's you know, above the ground, <laughs> above Moland, and maybe Jesus actually rose from dead, he's real. And he said, his problem was Jesus was a better person than him. He's like, I'm the best person, but I'm pretty sure Jesus is better than me. And in fact, if Jesus is better than me, I'm not better than him. I'm actually maybe one of the worst people ever. I'm violent, selfish, deranged. I might be one of the worst people ever. And two possibilities came to mind. One is, if you're like this, too bad. You're just screwed. You just got to deal with it. Or maybe somebody could help you. <laughs> maybe somebody could help you. And if somebody can help somebody so messed up as me who took a hammer to my dad's head, he said, who could that possibly be? And David Wood said, in all human, human beings, there is only one person. It's a list of one of one. That's how he put it. Who could possibly help someone like me? The list is one of one. And so he prayed this prayer. He says, God, I don't know if I'm going to, I believe you, I don't know if I'm going to believe in you tomorrow, but I believe in you now. And if you want to do something with me, you're welcome with to do it. And since he had done all these prison Bible studies, he actually knew that the sinner, you know, the sinner's prayer you're supposed to say <laughs> in order to accept Jesus into your heart. So then he said that prayer. And then he said, after that prayer was over, the world changed. <laughs> and all his life, he was fight, 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 full of anger and always fighting, fighting, fighting. And after he said that prayer, it's like there was a rest. And the world changed. And that wrestles never stopped. David ends up getting out of prison, does a PhD, I think, in philosophical theology. <laughs> He's married, has kids, godly father and husband. And actually probably one, if not, he isn't there yet. He's becoming one of the most effective evangelists and apologists for Jesus. If the light inside the life of the Word made flesh, who makes the world good, can defeat that darkness? Whose darkness cannot be defeated by the light of the gospel of Jesus? 
We need that light. Our normal neighbors need that light. Revive church. Let's rejoice. Let's gladly live in creation, not mow land. Love the one who's given us the light so we can live in goodness. Let's pray. Father, how could we be so bad? How could we be so foolish? It is a really hard thing to accept that we actually like darkness rather than light. But thank you that you sent your son. You said the word, let there be light. And then we hated that light. So then you sent the word who was with you, who is God, to come into the flesh, to live his life, and actually die and then live the eternal life. And in that life of the Son of God, Jesus is our light. Help us, Lord, to not live in naturalism, the darkness of mole land, but live in the brightness and wonder of the real world that you have created and thankfully you have redeemed the redemptive and wonderful work of our light, Jesus. We love you. We often think we're just such good people. Just a few other breaks here and there, and we probably could be David Wood. I think I could have been David Wood. Thank you that you made David Wood glorious, redeemed him, just as you have done with many of us. May we run to the light and offer this world, the real world, to our friends and our neighbors so they can have that goodness. Praise in Jesus' name.